Ooh, welcome everyone to another episode of Slasher Scotty. I am your host, Scotty McCoy, and boy, do I have a surprise for all of you. I have on Zoom with me right now Grant Kirkhope, and he is the musical composer of Banjo Kazooie and Banjo Tooie, which Banjo Kazooie just celebrated 25 years, which means I've been playing the game for 25 years. And uh, he's also done other things like Goldeneye and World of Warcraft and many other things. I mean, did you really do that many? I did. Yes, I, I guess it's been 25 years of my career. Right? I guess I started in 1995. So, uh, you know, so I guess I, yeah, I've done quite a lot over the years, I suppose. You know, that's how you, that's how you do it, right? you got to make a living, right? Absolutely. Well, as I said, I've been playing. These are the original cartridges. This one from 2000, Banjo-Tooie. This one from right. 90, 98, Banjo-Kazooie. The right. original cartridges that I've, that I've been playing, and they still work 25 years later, which is so exciting. And uh, uh, You see, good old faithfuls, you can't beat them. <laughs> Absolutely. Same Nintendo 64. I think I had that one since 96 or 97. You right. know, they still work. You can't beat the originals, and I'm so glad they still work. Um, this is your second time I had you on. So just to refresh everybody's memory if they haven't seen the if they have seen the first one, or if they haven't, just to give them a little insight on how did you get your start? How did you become a composer? What made you get interested in music? Uh well I, well, I went through, you know, I played recorder and trumpet as a kid, you know, and guitar and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I ended up at um, the Royal Northern College of Music in Manchester in the UK doing a music degree. Uh, so I did that. And then I left and kind of ended up, just went back onto unemployment insurance after that, playing in rock bands and stuff. So I spent about 11 years on on and off unemployment benefit kind of thing. You call it insurance here, yeah, we call it something else in the UK. And then my mate, uh, Robin Beanland, who I played in local bands with at the time, he just, he was a keyboard player and he announced he'd got a job at a company called Rare, who I'd never heard of. And I was like, oh, really, what are you going to do? He said, I'm going to write music video games. I'm like, oh, that's amazing, you know. So he went to there and he's been there about a year and a half. He sort of said to me, you know, Greg, you've been on and off unemployment for about 11 years because I had about 22 to 33. And he said, uh, why don't you try doing what I'm doing? So I bought some equipment and uh, made some demos on cassette tapes and sent them to Rare over the course of 1994, like five cassette tapes, never got a reply. And then I got a, a, a letter out of the blue saying, please come for an interview, and I got the job. Couldn't believe it. So um, if Robin Beeland, my mate, hadn't done, he's still there doing Theater Thieves. If, if, he, if he hadn't done that and suggested that I do it, I'd never done it. So uh, absolute fluke. Yeah, absolutely. It's And like I said, Banjo-Kazooie is 25 years this year. It just celebrated, I believe, the end of June. Um, so... From Banjo Kazooie, what is the your favorite song that you've done? I get asked that a lot, right? It's a tough one because I, I, get, I guess it changes from day to day. Um, I do like Please Easy Peak. I do like Mad Monster Mansion. I mean, I, I don't dislike any of them. Like right. you know, um, it's just that the, ask me ask me tomorrow, I'll give you a different answer. So um, you know, it was you know, thing about Banjo was that I'd done Goldeneye, but just prior to Banjo, right? And but um, but Banjo is the first game I did by myself, so I did all the music and all the sound effects in Banjo Kazooie and Banjo Two, and so I didn't really know what I was doing when I wrote the music of Banjo Kazooie or Goldeneye for that matter. Um, and so, you know, I feel like it's just one of those things that just one of those flukes that I happened upon that certain kind of quirky sound that I kind of found, and then it just kind of fitted the characters, and then. You know, it's, it, it, it's, it never ceases to amaze me that people still talk about it 25 years later. Mm-hmm. Like, it's super humbling and, you know, it's very it's very nice that people still remember it with fond memories because, um, you know, I, I thought maybe Banjo would last six weeks, six months, I don't know, not 25 years. It's crazy. 
Absolutely. And like I said, this is my childhood. I mean, eight years old waiting at, you know, at GameStop or was it Electronic Boutique or whatever it was at the time and just waiting to get this game. And I absolutely loved every minute of it. It's just it's got that charm and the music it, without you. I honestly don't think the game would really be as good because the music really enlightens the uh, the experience. It really makes it amazing. Um, it's, very kind of, it's very kind of to say so. I mean, honestly, a lot of people, you know, there's there's a good hardcore team there, like I guess like 14, 15 people, I think that many, maybe a bit less than that. And we all put our absolute hearts and souls into making Banjo Kazooie. Um, you know, everybody in that team was spectacularly good. Um, you know, not me, of course, but them. Um, and so I, I feel like I was just the kind of cherry on the top. Uh, they did all the hard work and making the game have all that charm. And I, also, that's just the way that Rare was in those days, right? I think Rare was a super special place back then. Yeah. And the Stamper family who ran the company, everything, their kind of, their ethos just bled into everybody else, right? So um, I feel like it's a, it's one of those moments when the stars align, right? The, the team all got along together. We went out and drank together. We just did everything, everything together. We were best friends together for all that time. And we stayed together for, well, all the time I was at Rare. I was at Rare for nearly 13 years. I was with those guys nearly, nearly all that time. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, it's just a very, there's just the stars aligned, right? Lightning yeah. in a bottle. Absolutely. And uh, I, I uh, like I said, before we started recording, I played Banjo-Kazooie, like that was my entire day yesterday. I just played it from start to finish. And the other day I played Banjo-Tooie. And uh, what I, I, I can't believe I'm still finding new Easter eggs in Banjo-Tooie, just rare, you know, having all of the, like, I believe, was it Conkers was uh, in, no, that was in Banjo-Kazooie. I saw that yesterday. Conkers is in the, uh, is in Rusty Bucket Bay. Right, right. Just all these Easter eggs is really, really cool. Um, regarding the music, um, did you complete all of them in One Fell Swoop? Or, and they said, good job, Grant. You did an amazing job. Or did you have to update anything? So, you know, you know, I was on Banjo from the start. So, you know, I write music as we go along, as each level kind of got put together, right? And I was doing sound effects too, so that took up a lot of time. Yeah. So, um so I did have a different piece for Mummo's Mountain and Treasure Trove Cove. They were they were different, um, and then quite close to the end, Chris Stamper, you know Tim Stamper's brother, who they ran the company, he felt they didn't quite match. He thought I could do better, so uh, I quickly rewrote um, Mumbo's Mountain and uh, Treasure Trove Cove. I, I kind of feel like I stumbled across that Tritony oddball thing later in the game. So when it so when it went to the later pieces are a bit like that. When I went back to listen to you know to Mumbo's Mountain and Treasure's Grove, they weren't really like that. So, um, so I changed them. So um, Mumbo's Mountain was a bit like a elephant walk. That's an old piece of music, but a bit like that. And Treasure Trove Club was quite had a bit of had the wipeout sort of Beach Boysy bit in the middle of it. I mean, you can find those online. They are online somewhere. I know on YouTube, on YouTube somewhere. And so um, and I went back and did made Mumbo's that Mumbo's Mountain that more quirky way. And then I kind of did a more I mean, Church of Trove is sort of based on the main banjo theme tune um, at the start of the game. So um, same kind of chord sequence. Um, but that got, so to, to reintroduce that kind of more quirkiness that I got, that I, I stumbled upon later in the game, like when I get the Master Mansion and things like that. So, so I did rewrote those two. But inside the Ant Hill on the foot on Mumma's Mountain, I left the original tune in there. So when yeah. you go inside the Ant Hill, that is the original tune. That it's, even though it's a very cut down, light version. Um, that is the original theme that's inside the Ant Hill. Oh, nice, nice. Um, 
And I'm sure you might have gotten asked this question before. I mean, this is a question that I've noticed even as a kid. The flower pots. <laughs> right. Um, it sounds, and excuse my French, like they're saying, fuck you. Right. What what is the story behind that? Was that intentional? No, not at all. I just I was just it's just my voice saying thank you. Like, I just pitched it down, right? Uh I went, thank you. Like I just like, you know, I thought I did, right? So the Nintendo kept thinking I was saying fuck you. And I felt like I, I was I was kind of thinking, surely you're crazy. You don't really think I would say that in a Nintendo family game, you know. Right. So I, I re-recorded it a, a few times, and I think they realized in the end I was saying thank you. I don't know why. It just one of those weird things that they thought they could hear it. Um, so, as I said, I, re- I redid it a few times until they were happy. Um, but yeah, it's just my voice pitched down saying thank you. So I don't know. That's a weird one. Yeah. Um, so did you do the voice, especially in Banjo Tui, when Mumbo Jumbo is doing the the like not the transformation because he he does he's at, you can actually play Mumbo in Banjo Tui um, when he's doing his like for example the rain dance or you know whatever and he's doing that chant did you create that yeah that's all mumbo's voice is all me okay now what uh what does all that mean or is that was that just you speaking gibberish no that's there was an there's an an old football chant in the uk when the when the opposing fans want to fight each other they used to chant come and have a go if you think you're hard enough Mm. and so that was like a bit like and so i thought it was hilarious to do that so i I just did that as when come on up i go if you think you're hard like that and then I pitched it down, uh, and it's because, it, like, in the second game, Mayhem Temple was supposed to be in the first game, right? Mm-hmm. But we didn't quite make it in time, so it got into the second game. So that chant was in the background. If you listen to that piece, the, the Mayhem Temple, you hear that chant in the background. It's me doing that coming over, go everything you had enough. And then when it came to, uh, so that didn't make it into the game. But then when it came to doing Mumbo's voice for his talking stuff, um, like the rest of the characters, I just took those samples. Uh, and just um, you know, they were very short, and just treating them in, in a random order. So that, that's it. So Mumbo, when he talks, he's selecting from that batch of sample, that ten, twelve samples, whatever it is. Nice. So, um, so he, he selected that. But then I found that I put them in a different order. It could say Uminaka. It is. I mean, if you look at the, if you if you go through on Abako, like the way I, the way I pronounced it, you can see how, how I made up Uminaka, and you know, kind of thing. So, uh, um, and you can invoke them. Um, no, sorry, Uminaka was done. That was a phrase, right? So that is. So, but the the Ikumbokum, that is those samples played in a, in a different order. Okay. So it's, it's just that. Yeah, Ikumbokum was a phrase that I made up. But the the Ikumbokum is that cop out, out, out go just rearranged. I just I messed around with it until I until I found a word that I liked or a sound that I liked. And that's what he, that's what he says when he does the Ikumbokum thing. Nice. And it, it really it, it really comes out really well. Like I even to this day I do the chant when Mumbo's doing the stuff. I still do it. <laughs> I have I have to. I mean it's just it's just iconic. Um so we do know, and I don't know if this is something you might know the answer to, you might. Um at the end of Banjo 2, they hint at Banjo 3. Um, why wasn't Banjo 3 ever made? So um I don't think it's a really hard and fast answer about that. I feel like Greg Mayles is the lead designer on Banjo Kazooie and Tim Stamp is the boss of the company. They're both the kind of guys that don't like to repeat themselves. Mm-hmm. They like to make new stuff. And so they always felt like um, they didn't want to do it. It was, it was never on like, we never, I don't think we ever look, looked at doing that. We went straight up to doing Grab by the Googies. That's what the team did straight after Banjo Tui mm-hmm. to, to, to go to the Xbox or Microsoft or the company and you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, it wasn't until it came to doing nuts and bolts that 
the kind of Banjo 3 thing was floated. And and Greg wasn't very keen to do a rehash or to, or to, to make another game in the same vein. He wanted to do something new, something fresh. And so that's when Rare had bought in the Havoc physics engine. And there was a demo at the start of like cubes bumping into each other and all that kind of thing. And that gave him the idea of, of putting cubes together to make to make things, to make to build machines and all that's that's how that idea kind of kind of kicked off. <clears throat> but just prior to that, um the idea was to go back to Banjo Kazooie, remake the entire game as a co-op. That was the, that was the first idea to read to redo the entire game. You know, all new textures, bring it up to date, do a full HD version, but make it a co-op. Mm-hmm. I remember doing meetings about that. Some of the artists said, you know, it's, it'll take us the same amount of time to retexture the entire first game and make it look up to date as it would to make a whole new game. There's no difference in time; it's the same thing. Why would you make a new game? And then Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Balls was hatched <clears throat> to okay. do that. Um, you know, so I feel like the Nuts and Balls gets a bit of a bad rap. Um, and I, I, you know, looking back on it, perhaps it would have been better to do it with a different IP. But, you know, make it a, a completely fresh IP with, without Banjo Kazooie, you know, you know, kind of thing. But um, I have to say that my son was like young, you know, back then when it came out. And, you know, when we moved to, we moved to America in 2008. And when his friends used to come over, that was the game they wanted to play. Like they had no idea who Banjo Kazooie was. They hadn't played the first two games. My son did, but nobody else did. And so they loved that game because it could build stuff. It was, you know, it, in some respects, it predates Minecraft because you could you could build anything you wanted to, make a machine, make a plane, make a boat, make a submarine, you, you name it, right? A bit like in Zelda Tears of the Kingdom right now, right? So it's you know, like that. So I feel like it was a great idea. Um, it just didn't work with those two characters. But um, you know, I just I, I know from watching my son's friends who had no idea of Banjo they loved it. They played it over yeah. and over and over again. So I think for the Banjo Kazooie hardcore audience, and also the fact that Rare had been bought by Microsoft didn't like that, and it didn't work Nintendo anymore. There's a bit of a backlash there, you know, already from Grab by the Ghoulies too. Mm-hmm. So it was just an unfortunate set of circumstances. Um, but um, I still stand by Nuts and Bolts. I think it's a good game. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was a good game as well. I actually enjoyed it. I'm probably one of a few, but I really did enjoy it. And mm-hmm. um, I, and I would love to see, you know, a Banjo 3 come out. Um, what do you think that, I mean, it's 25 years since the original. Um, do you think maybe by the 25th anniversary of Banjo 2E, could we possibly get an announcement? Maybe Banjo 3 would come out. Do you think there's ever any hope for that? My honest opinion is it'll never happen. That's my honest opinion. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm not, not very popular for saying that, but <clears throat> like I know that Rare have no interest. Or I think, I don't know, but I think that Rare, but you know, they're doing Three of Thieves, they've got that other game going, Everwild, I can't remember the name of it. I mean, you know, just Three of Thieves is a big, giant project with a lot of people that really like playing it. So Rare committed to that for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other game they're making, which is just in its infancy. Um, so Rare got an appetite to make Banjo because another Banjo game. My only thing what I'd say was, if the, if a team somewhere in the world wanted to make another Banjo game and they presented Rare with a great idea and they got the humour and, and they had the passion, because you know, I think half the battle about Banjo, the Banjo game is to get that to get that humour in there. It's a very Brit British humour that's in that game. Like, you know, it's, it's a special thing, I think. So I'm just I'm just pontificating, but like if some team in the world really wanted to do it. They could show Rare a great idea about how they wanted to, what they wanted to do with it. They could got all the humour. Then maybe that that, yeah. but that would be the only way it could happen. Rare would never do it, right? Um, well, I don't think they would. 
Um, so, so my my opinion is, it's unlikely that you'll see another banjo game, mm-hmm. but it's not out of the question. I just right. think it's unlikely. I just think it's unlikely. That's what I think. Absolutely. Um. I, hey, I'll throw my hat out there. I'm a programmer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would i would love to take that rain those reins on but uh i mean obviously um it would be great to see that for all banjo fans and I, it's funny because every five years i always see a resurface on reddit and everything like this is the year they're going to make that announcement <laughs> i know and i also you know i've got to say like i i guess you know i've got like one hundred and ten thousand twitter followers whatever you know and i kind of feel inside that bubble banjo is a very big noise right Right. Mm-hmm. So in that side, inside that kind of banjo bubble that I kind of live in a little bit on Twitter. But outside of that, in the real world, is there enough people that really want to buy that game? And like, you know, at the end of the day, it does boil down to money. You know, who people aren't going to put money into making something. They can't they can't make money out of it. You've got to pay the staff and make all that all that stuff, right? So right. I think sometimes the banjo fans don't realize that. And yeah. you know, the Crash Bandicoot HD remakes did fantastically well, mm-hmm. but the new game didn't. Yeah. Right, and I also feel that banjo fans are pretty harsh. I think you know, if another team made a, if somebody made a banjo game, even though the fans would be dying to get another banjo game, if it didn't quite live up to their expectations, they would hammer it to death. Yeah, like you know, they would absolutely kill it. And so I feel like because you're never going to beat that nostalgia you had when you were a kid playing it, right? Mm-hmm. And so you know, uh, you know, look at the look at the look at ukulele. People really hammered ukulele. You know, it's some well, not everybody, but some people hammer ukulele yeah. for for the wrong reasons. I think you know, yeah. and I do feel like that's something that the banjo fans should consider. That the, the the excitement for a banjo game would be tremendous. Yeah, and if it came out and didn't meet their expectations, and everyone and, and the dev team tried super hard, they would hammer it to death. Yeah, and I, you know, if they can promise that they won't do that, then maybe a team would take it on. But it's you know. Yeah. To take on that responsibility of trying to produce something that the hardcore fans are going to like is very difficult. Yeah, you know, because no matter what you do, it's never going to live up to the nostalgia feeling that people got for Banjo One and Two. So you know, that's how I feel about it. Absolutely, and um, I know that uh, that um, with Banjo Kazooie, like it, it Banjo Three would have been great if it came out on the Nintendo 64 after Banjo Tooie because it's following that footsteps. But now it's all these years later, we don't have a Nintendo 64 anymore. You know what I mean? Like people have retro consoles, but they aren't making games actively for the Nintendo 64 anymore. That's over with. So mm-hmm. like in order, like it's going to be tough. And um, I mean, it's it, it's such a classic game, and one wrong thing to it that they feel doesn't isn't what Banjo Kazooie was like then it's not gonna it might not get a good reception um i know that's that's i feel like this you know it's it's like you know i don't know it's like it's like hbo hbo are gonna are gonna remake harry potter right they're, they're making a harry potter in a, in a yeah. tv series yeah and my wife's just caught me nope. uh, and um and so you know that's a big undertaking for them to take on making a, you know a TV series about the you know it's 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 whatever it's it's a whole season per per, per book right they're going to do so that's like you know like can you imagine the Harry Potter fans who love Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson and Rupert Grint and all that all the way it was that's going to be a really tough sell that is you yeah. know to do that and I, you know like I want to see it I love Harry Potter you know um, so. Um, 
But I'm going to be going, oh, you know, it's not these different actors. Oh, I don't know. I don't, you yeah. know, you know, we could be comparing it, right? It's a really, really hard thing to do. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, Absolutely. you know, I'd love to see another banjo game. I'd love to see another banjo game. I'd love to see really, I mean, another fantastic banjo game that's got all the humour, it's got all the love and attention that that game has. Um, right. But I'm just doubtful. I just I just feel like right. it's unlikely. Absolutely. Um, and I, I, like I said, I think a Banjo 3 game would be great. But what I do think would be amazing is what, I, and I, this might be a long shot, like you said about the Harry Potter, turn Banjo-Kazooie into an animation you know, like like the Super Mario Bros. Turn it into not just a movie, but maybe make it into a series based off of the original game. I must admit, I think that'd be a great idea. I've always thought that. Yeah. Um, you know, and I do feel like after the success of the Mario movie, um, I'm I'm sure all the film executives around here, I'm not track on. Um, all the film executives in Hollywood over here, I bet they're all going right. So Mario's been massive. What can we do? What what character can we get to make a big, big movie out? I'm sure they're all thinking about it right now. We've got Sonic, haven't we? Sonic's already in his We've got the Pokemon movie. We've got Mario now as well. So, um, you know, um, I'd love to see it. I think it'd be a great idea, but I bet yeah. it would do it. I don't know. I'm going to have to approve it. I don't know. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. I think that would be amazing. Um, so the last question I got for you, do you have anything at all that you would like to promote? Anything that you got going on? Any other projects, websites, social media accounts, anything at all? Not really. At the moment, I've just finished my rabbit, so that's my uh, thing. So I guess the, the DLC three will be coming out at some point. Yeah. Uh, DLC two is just out. Um, just done a movie called Murder Syndicate, which is a little indie movie. I've just done, and that's just uh, just doing the rounds right now. You can see that on Amazon Prime and everywhere else. So if you want to go see yeah. that? It's got a score. It's got a very different kind of electronic score, but I mean, kind of synthy thing. Um, so um, check it out if you want to you know, hear some, something different from me. Um, and oh, I will say. Uh, so the World Soundtrack Awards happens in Ghent every year. Right? And last year, I did a movie called The King's Daughter mm-hmm. uh, with Pierce Brosnan and William Hurt. And, and uh, it's the, the people's vote, you can vote for it, right? I mean, I, because I asked my Twitter followers and everybody else to vote for it, we actually won the award. It's fantastic. So this year, they're doing the first... The, I do video games now into, into the Ghent so World Soundtrack Awards. And so Mary Rabbit Sparks of Hope is 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 on the, the long list, right? Okay. So if anybody would care to go to the... Um, the uh, World Traffic Awards website. You have to register, and you get an email sent to you, and then you can vote in the in the People's Choice Award. Yeah. Go there and vote for Mario Average Sparks. I hope that I would be very appreciative if you could do that. There you go, everybody uh, watching this. Vote, vote, vote. Yes. So well, yeah. So World Soundtrack Awards. You just got to register to vote, and then you get uh, so you get an email, and then you have to yeah, whatever. You go to your account. You can see there's a, there's a People's Vote for the for the movie and for now for video games. Okay. So it's the very first time they've done it. So if Mario Rabbit Sparks of Hope could get in there, maybe even win it, that would be amazing. Um, would be but, amazing. Um, so I'm asking anybody that, that can possibly help out to um, go and do that vote. Absolutely. And I'll go and do that right when I get off here um, while I'm waiting for this whole thing to export. I'll definitely Yeah, and also, also I've, I've, I've put the instructions on my, on my Twitter uh, account. It says there's two little, two little posts, one and two. Second post shows you... The website to go there's a link there to the website and it shows you the instructions what to do so if any of your followers can uh, do that i'd be very 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 appreciative absolutely please if you follow me and i know there's a lot of you out there <laughs> uh please vote for grant and uh get that get them to win make have this you know give them a, a win we need it um yeah, that would be, be awesome yeah thank you grant so much for uh taking your time for uh joining me uh today anytime Absolutely. Before I let you go, just to let everybody know, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, the video version, uh, please uh, like, subscribe, um, 
yeah, subscribe, but slashing that subscribe button, slash Scotty, so you got to slash it. Uh, and comment, rate, uh, share on social media. If you're listening to the audio platforms on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the others, uh, please rate, comment, like, share on social media. Um, if you uh, want some merchandise, go to my merchandise, a virtual merch booth, pick up your copy of Slash Scotty Merchandise, I don't know if you can see it. Um, I got my own Funko Pop, so check those out. <laughs> uh, and then last but not least, I got this, my book, uh, The Ultimate Halloween Movie Experience, forward by Jamie Lee Curtis, and uh, you know, 18 original interviews from films, cast, and crew members, and thousands of trivia questions. And of course, I'm on Cameo, so make sure to, you know, if you want, if you want something for birthday anniversary, or if you're just in a relationship that's just not going so well and you want to break up, but you're a coward to do it, I'll do it for you. So <laughs> <laughs> just uh, get book. Uh, yeah, I'm on, I'm on Cameo too. <laughs> I'll, I'll do a cameo. Hit, hit me up for a cameo. There you go. Hit Grant up for a cameo. Don't get me. Get Grant. Get both of us. Get both of us. <laughs> Thank you, Grant, so much. It's been so much fun and an honor to, you know, to talk and rehash and to reminisce about the classic Baron Bird. Anytime. Absolutely. Have a great day. Bye. All right, cheers. Yep. Yeah, bye.